0: Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad
1: Benson. Happy Tuesday. Once again, I'm not nominated for anything when it comes to the Academy Awards. Just out the nominations. Let's see how many of these movies I've seen. All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, Way of Water, The Banshees of Inshirin Elvis, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, The Favelman's Tar, Top Gun, Triangle of Sadness, Women Talking. If you said zero, you're correct. I just want to point that out. Zero is the number. Now, I will watch All Quiet on the Western Front. I haven't yet, because we're watching stuff, but it's, it's a long movie. That one I will watch. Avatar, The Way of Water, uh, and the rest of these things now. I think I've seen a bit of Elvis, uh, but no, none of these things. Not even Top Gun. I didn't like the first Top Gun. I wasn't really into it. Best lead actor, Austin Butler, Colin Farrell for the Banshees of Insherin, Austin Butler for Elvis, uh, Brendan Fraser the Whale. I keep saying he's going to win that, even though I've never seen any of these. Uh, Paul Mescal for Aftersun and Bill Nae uh, for Living. Best Actress, Kate Blanchett, Tar, Anna De Armas, Blonde, uh, Andrea Riseborough to Leslie, Michelle Williams to Fablemans, Michelle Yeoh, everything, everywhere, all at once. I can't believe I'm not nominated for a damn thing. I thought for sure this was my year. It's not. So I guess I got to continue talking about crap like, oh, oh but what about Biden? What about, 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 who cares? But Chad, you should. Nah, I don't. Look, they're in there. They're doing their stuff. Here's what's going to come out of this nothing. Nothing. Not a thing. Nothing's going to come out of this. Nobody's going to jail. I mean, is it crazy to think that the FBI was in a sitting president's house looking for stuff? Yes. But it doesn't make your day any easier. You still had to get up this morning. You still had to get the kids ready for school. You still had to get your, you know, yeah you, you have business things you got to get done today. You got 40 hours of work and you got 24 hours to do it. All of that's the exact same. Nothing changes. Are you sure? Are you positive? Yeah. You have said
2: though, from this podium, many, many times over the last two weeks that this president takes the handling of classified material very seriously. And yet we continue to learn about more documents being found and discovered at his home, including now some that go back decades to his time in the Senate. So why should the American people believe that this president takes classified material seriously? I've said many times, the president has said many times, he takes this very seriously. You've heard directly
1: from him. I'm sure he has said that, that clearly. He well, he said
2: it. he was surprised. I'm just going to
1: leave it there. KJP, because you have nothing, right? You have nothing. And it's good that they're going after and they're making it look, uh, you know, oh, it's just, it's, it's not, this is a great story for the Beltway. It's a great story for the media who's got to figure out what to do for X amount of hours on television. But when it comes to real things, when it comes to government, things like the debt ceiling matter. Why? Because it's ridiculous how much money we spend, how much we take in. How much our entitlements count for and how much this thing could just not it's already out of control, but balloon and careen so far so fast that we'd be in a lot of trouble and it's something that gets very little pub because it's not interesting to a lot of people. It's not. Rather talk about other stuff. Oh, what's interesting if you sit back and think, what if in fifteen years they just said to you, hey uh, Social Security. Remember what we promised you? It ain't happening. Because it's a Ponzi scheme that isn't going the way that they thought it was going to go. And everybody knows that at some point you had to fix the Ponzi scheme, but they all kick it to, well, another person down the road, knowing full well, as long as it's not on my watch, I don't give a rat's ass what happens to it. If it falls off a cliff, but it happens after I'm gone, I'm fine with that because you're I'm not here. I'm not here to take, uh, you know, to to suffer the repercussions, i.e. getting voted out of office. Because that's what happens when you address these things. It needs to be fixed. Is the
2: best way to fix it increasing the debt ceiling, kind of like increasing how much you can charge on a credit card, or
1: stop spending as much or make more money? Well, we certainly would like to make more money. but First of all, this is the former trade uh, commissioner, Peter uh, Morrissey. There is no we'd like to make more money. You don't make anything. You're not a business. I mean, you're business now, but the whole thought process is you're not a business. You're providing services from taxpayer money. You're not producing anything. You're not giving me a hat. You're you're not saying, hey, guess what we did? Uh, we've provided you with this amazing incredible X y and Z there's none of that stuff you're not you're not a business you're not giving me a t-shirt none of those things so when they say increase business they mean taxes
3: But I don't think that's possible. We're making all we can. We either have to raise taxes, cut spending, or raise the ceiling. And even if we raise taxes and cut spending, we couldn't do it enough to avoid raising the ceiling simply because the deficit is too large at this point to so abruptly change our fiscal posture. If we did that, the economy would tank because there simply wouldn't be enough spending. No.
1: No. Wouldn't be. So, when if you're not spending, you're not bringing in, you see, we're going to not bring in taxes. Uh, we're not creating income. Uh, you've got to do all of those things eventually. Eventually, you're going to have to raise some taxes. Eventually, you're going to have to cut some stuff. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's going to happen. And yes, temporarily, in some ways, you're going to have to raise the ceiling of what's going on. And what's going on is we promised tons of money to a lot of people. We overspent because our eyes were too big for our stomach and now we have to take care of this because we're not going to default because the promise of the United States of America, the United States dollar, us as a nation is behind this. So we're going to have to cover this. And in doing so, we've got to be honest about some of the stuff that we need to do. First of all. Our borrowing habit is out of control. The other thing to remember is
3: that we print the world's money with the reserve currency. And because of that, we naturally have a trade deficit, which is financed partially by printing money and having a budget deficit. The real question here is a matter of proportion. Are we borrowing too much? Yes. Can we not borrow at all? No.
1: Now, we've got to borrow. That's what we have to do. But do we borrow too much? Yes. Why? Because we, we we have services that we've promised. We have the entitlements that we're entitled to by law. But when you go and look at the breakdowns, you know, because everybody's, oh, well, I paid into it. I should get it back. Go look at the breakdowns of what you're getting back compared to what you put in. Do you see what's going on in, in, in France? They're going to have to raise the retirement age. People are freaking out. Greece fell apart because you had you know a good balance. What do they talk about 12 to 15 people working to cover one a retiree? You got down to par in some of these other countries because everybody's retiring at 50, 52 with generous packages. We don't get rid of the services. And this is where messaging is vitally important in politics. You don't get rid of the services. What you do is you maximize the services. By cutting the fat. The bureaucracy. We don't need 5,000 administrators. How many people have to touch a piece of paper. For it to go from point A to point B. And everybody's getting paid. And you're just handing a piece of paper to somebody else. That's part of the issue right there. We start cutting the fat. Not the services. And the services that aren't working. We think about shifting that money to other things that do work. Maximizing those things. Messaging matters in this. But you're terrified if you're a politician to address these things because we're going to come for you in primary and you're going to be done. Now you come out and it's simple. You message it in a much better way. Somebody's got to do it. Why aren't we having this honest conversation? Both right and left presidents in the past have addressed these things, realizing a long time ago it's, it's a waste of time because people are going to start screaming and yelling. Unions are going to evolve. They'll start screaming and yelling. They're going to spend gobs of cash against you. And it isn't until eventually the, 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 you know, you can tell everybody that, hey, guy, there's a cliff. Hey, guy. No, don't worry about it. Hey, there's a cliff. No, you're a liar. You're a fool. And they gaslight you. And then all of a sudden the cliff comes and there is like, well, we should have listened too late at that point.
2: Oh. So can Congress control the budget,
3: though, without cutting or reducing
2: programs like Social Security?
3: Oh, we don't have to reduce Social Security to deal with this problem. But we have to recognize that we have a huge entitlement state. You know, we give food stamps to healthy men who could be working who choose not to. Remember that we're going to fix uh, Obamacare? Obamacare is enormously expensive. Why is it that it's so expensive here? The answer is Congress is not willing to take the steps, Republican or Democrat, necessary to rein in the gravy train.
1: No, no. And you have to. Obamacare not fixed. We gave out... Yesterday I was reading that COVID money that we gave out, the gobs of cash. They're thinking 60 to to $100 billion in cash that was fraudulently stolen through, you know, those unemployment things and all... Wow. And that's not talking states and stuff. That's just federally. Insane. And you wonder why we have a problem. Because we have everybody else doing stuff with everybody else's money with zero accountability. That matters a lot more than did uh Biden have stuff from the 60s or 50s or whatever the hell he was a senator. Chad, that's no, was it Was it the 60s? It was the 70s, 70s, right? It was like it's 1970. Yeah, that was a long time ago. How long he's been uh, in politics. He wasn't even, fun. he had zero chance to declassify some of these things. Well, I'm sure there's statute of limitations. So, uh, do I get the day off for, for, for that? No, you don't. But you know what your kids get to do? They get to pay off. When you hear Greta Thunberg, how dare you ruin? That's what our kids will be saying to us in the future. How dare you ruin our future? Three two three five three eight twenty four twenty three at Chad Benson show, your Twitter, your Instagram, all of the other things. A lot of stuff to get to. Another shooting in California. We'll touch on that briefly. Uh, Ukraine is it time that we start really upping the ante and saying, all right, it's time for you guys to take maybe the fight to them? There is a shift potentially in a lot of things going on out there when it comes to what could potentially happen with Ukraine and Russia and our buddy Gordon Chang. Follow him at Gordon G Chang on the old Twitter. He joins us to the bottom of the hour. China, what kind of trouble are they really in? The fact that their population shrunk is huge, uh, a lot bigger than I think people realize, and what that could mean for them in the future. This is it's an interesting time globally, but these all play on us here in the United States, especially because we're a consumer-based society. Talk to him at the bottom of the hour as well. 323-538-2423. Rough greens. Delicious. So my dogs tell me. Vitamins, minerals, probiotics, omega-369, all of this incredible stuff delivered directly to your dog's bowl via a supplement a powder that goes on top of your dog's food it's going to help them with their energy levels their their coat their fur their their actual skin especially if they have allergies it's going to help them with their their hips and 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 aches and pains it's going to do things to them that's incredible it's what it's done for my dogs it's done wonders for my dogs and i know it'll work for your dogs if you love your animals like i love my animals like i love my doodle you will know that this is something that is going to help I don't say that loosely. I know it. I've seen it with my own eyes. And it's awesome. Try it for free. All you have to do is cover the cost of shipping. They're going to send you a bag. Don't change anything. Just sprinkle it on top of your dog's food. Ruffgreens.com slash Chad. Ruffgreens.com slash Chad. Ruffgreens.com slash Chad. Chad Benson Show.
4: Helen Keller is a Nazi terrorist that is a male. Is that what you're telling me right now? Yeah. Are you thinking of Hitler? Who's
0: Hitler? Vaccines work, but only the Chad Benson Show is 100% effective against stupidity.
4: Do you know what D-Day is? What? D-Day.
0: A person? A rapper? God, Karen, you are so stupid. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and wherever you find your favorite woke-free podcasts. stop, stop, stop. This is the Chad Benson show.
3: Someone's not coming back from this.
0: Those are your pilots. Anything happens to them. You will never forgive yourself.
4: No turning back now.
1: That is uh, Top Gun. let let you guys know that's nominated for... Think about this. If I'd have told you a year ago that Top Gun was going to be nominated for the best movie. Old style, 1980s feel, rah-rah, USA, USA. It's no way! But yeah, it's nominated for best movie. It's interesting. We talk about Top Gun. Here's something for you. So the other day, Royce Williams... Got the Navy Cross. Second highest military honor. And that was Friday. And if you don't know who he is, he is the real Top Gun. Ten years, as they say, before Tom Cruise was ever born. Right? I think nobody even thought of who Tom Cruise was. Royce Williams did something that was very Top Gun-y. And it has been quiet for years and slowly is coming out. November 18th, 1952, flying an F-9F Panther. That was the first fighter jet that we had. He was on a mission during the Korean War. He took off from an aircraft carrier, the USS uh, Ariscani, Ariscani, which operated with three other carriers in uh, the Sea of Japan, also known at that time as the EC, 100 miles off the coast of North Korea. He was engaged with several MiGs, the MiG-15 fighter jets. Heading towards the task force, he by himself took them on and in 30 minutes shot down four of them and chased the other three away. He said he had no choice but to fight. 97 came out on Friday. Tom Cruise actually was the guy that came on screen to, you know, give this to him, talk about how awesome, you know, uh, this was. And he was pretty stoked about it. But he he took on seven of them by himself and whooped up on their ass. That's a Top Gun for you, baby. Speaking of Top Guns, another Top Gun's going to join the program shortly. Uh, Gordon Chang. When it comes to China, I don't think there's anybody else that knows more about China. Uh, you can follow him on the old Twitter at Gordon G Chang. He joins the program to talk about China, what kind of trouble they're really in financially, and with their loss of well, people, population. Chad Benson Chang.
4: The Chad Benson Show.
0: Independent Thoughts. Independent life. This is Chad Benson.
1: Uh, When it comes to China, to me, he's the preeminent voice. Uh, and he's been that way, and he's been warning us for a long time. I follow him on Twitter, at Gordon G. Chang. Uh, the coming collapse of China, the great U.S.-China tech war. He's got several books about China's. Gordon, thanks so much for joining the program today. And first of all, just a, uh, we are just talking about that. Uh, today, World of Warcraft Blizzard shut off all their servers. People in China are upset because they can't play video games.
5: Yes, and we shouldn't be surprised because that happens with distressing frequency in China. China really has a uh, sort of ambivalent attitude about gaming. They like the revenue, but they don't like some of the images. And so we have this occurring from time to time.
1: It's crazy. Let's talk about, and let's get serious uh, on the side note, uh, you know, that, that was a side note and kind of a funny, weird thing that's happening. But last week came out, China's down about a million people in their population, and they're having a problem. They're no longer the most populous world, uh, country in the world. And we look and say, well, they've got 1.X amount of billion, but there's an issue, much like with the western side of the, of the globe, there's an issue here where you need population, and this thing could really cause hell in the coming years.
5: Yeah, China has a problem that it can't solve. It's probably going to lose something like a billion people between now and the turn of the century. It's now you know 1.14 or 1.2 billion Um, it's probably going to be somewhere under 500 million um, when we go to 2,100. And the problem here is a number of them. There was the one-child policy which indoctrinated the Chinese people not to have children. As China became more prosperous, it naturally uh, people had fewer children. But also there's extreme pessimism right now in Chinese society. And people just don't want to bring children into the world. They say the best thing I can do for my child is not to have him. And that really is the sense of we are the last generation, as someone said last year. So China's got a problem, steepest demographic decline in history and the absence of war disease. This is really serious.
1: Talking to Gordon G. Uh, Chang, you follow him on Twitter, Gordon G. Chang. You know, you talk about uh, the, this pessimism. What's the pessimism like? Because, you know, they would love to portray it as everything's great, but they realize now they can't keep it quiet like they did way back in the day like Tiananmen Square we're turning all the lights out next day everybody's gone and everything's okay they can't do that now and the zero COVID policy failed and hurt their economy they are in a position where it by all accounts every major war games that they've tried on the computer and and thought out realized they're going to get their butts whooped in Taiwan and it won't be worth it where do they go from here
5: That is the great question. And I worry that as China heads downward fast, um, Chinese leaders, Xi Jinping, are going to realize they've got a closing window of opportunity to achieve historic goals. And so they're going to lash out. They're going to become even more dangerous than they are now. And we're really not prepared for that. So this is, I think, one of those precarious moments for us and for China's neighbors, of course.
1: What does that look like? You you talk about the danger that China can present. Uh, you know the, the reality is is uh, they're. I think everybody realized they're kind of when it comes to finance, the financial world, they're a bit of a paper dragon more than they are a real dragon anymore. That three percent growth is a bunch of BS. But them taking a shot at somebody like Taiwan, if they were to try that, and the all of the computer models are right, they get absolutely nothing from it, but a lot of dead bodies. Where would they go at that point? Because there's not a lot they can do. And what would the leaders look like if they were to try and fail?
5: Well, I think really the problem here is, is not so much that China is going to figure out, well, we're going to um, we're going to stop and uh, invade Taiwan. The problem is they have been engaged in very dangerous intercepts in the global commons, in airspace and on the surface of the seas one of those could go very, very wrong. And that's how war can start. So this is the problem for us. There was a very dangerous intercept of an unarmed U.S. Air Force reconnaissance plane in international airspace uh, last month. Um, and that just is, I think, a model for where this was going to go. There's going to be some sort of accident, and that can very well cause a war.
1: Crazy. Talking to Gordon uh, G. Chang. You can follow him on Twitter at Gordon G. Uh, Chang. Uh, uh Biden's sending a bunch of officials over to place and this is the other side of it the business side of of this they China and Russia have been in and throughout Africa for a very long time and a lot of of western countries have kind of said you know what we've our, our look here isn't great colonization all of those things maybe we should lead, leave it to to somebody else We can't do that. Africa can't afford that. We're sending people over there to try to negotiate with African leaders saying, look, you think we're bad. Wait till these guys get here and this is going to look something completely different and they're going to gut your countries like you think we did something bad. No, not even close.
5: Yeah. And it's also Latin America where China is now more influential in that region than we are. And that's also true for the Caribbean. Um, especially because of what's called the pink wave, the electoral um, wave of election of leftists, which started in 2018 in Mexico. And the last one was Brazil just at the end of last year. And there are 11 more elections in the region uh, this year and next. So um, we can face we're basically facing China in our um, backyard, as it's called. But it's really not our backyard. It's China's backyard.
1: Scary, scary. I mean, it's it's crazy that we're in this this battle. But at the same time, when I talk to our military analysts, they're like, look, we're decades ahead of them. Uh, we're also battle tested. That's the one thing they're not. Uh, they are struggling a lot of different ways. And when you're desperate, and you know this, Gordon, when you're desperate, you make stupid moves. And I think a lot of people are counting on them to do something stupid in this especially because i think they feel like they're like you said their windows shutting but so was their economic might that might not be there covid played hell on everybody it really played hell on them and now we're getting companies that are being are taking the initiative to get out of china and i think that's a huge thing but how many companies would we have to see leave there before it really affects them
5: it's starting to affect them now, Chad, um, but we need to see a lot more. Um, so, for instance, um, Jeep, which was one of the first foreign investors, last July announced it was going. Apple is moving some of its iPad production to Vietnam and some of its iPhone production to India, um, but we need to get Apple out of there, especially because Apple's supply chain is tainted with forced and slave labor. Um, and this goes, you know, down the list of of companies, they are now starting to say China plus one. In other words, we keep our China factories, but we need to have a factory someplace else because China is no longer a reliable member of global supply chains. And that's true. Uh, The unreliability is true for a number of reasons. So it needs to be a lot more. And Chad, you talked about the Chinese economy getting crushed. Well, last year, instead of the three point zero percent growth that the National Bureau of Statistics reported, it was probably negative from all that we can tell. It was probably negative.
1: You know, uh, uh, we're talking to Gordon Chang. You can follow him uh, on Twitter at Gordon G. Chang. And uh, I I suggest if you care about China, what's happening in, in and throughout the world, this guy's got his finger on it. Uh, their, their guy, uh, was in Davos last week. It was, a uh, uh, Liu, he, or whatever he was over there, essentially saying, we're open for business, begging for business. That kind of sent, I think a lot of people who don't really pay a lot of attention to this, that they're in a lot more pain than they realize economically.
5: Absolutely. Um, you don't ask for money if you have a lot of it and Lil um who you know, is, is a, figure who has um, been very persuasive with American elites. Um, you know, he, he went there and he made his case. And, you know, the Davos crowd, of course, lapped it up. But the point is, when you start looking at his words, you start realizing there are real problems in there. And also Xi Jinping, his New Year's address, um, where he calls for unity. Well, that means there isn't unity. That means when he called for stability, there isn't stability. China right now is in a very fragile state, and we don't understand that. And therefore, as I mentioned, it can take us by surprise.
1: Yeah. Uh, What is going on with Xi Jinping? I mean, because, you know, he's been anointed now, but it, it felt like something that was an inevitability. By the time it got to his anointing had become we have a lot of questions Uh, and usually when you give somebody that ultimate power, they decide, well, I'm ultimately not going to give this power up easily. You know, the thing with Russia, uh, and now you feel like you look over there in Russia and them are kind of tied at the hip and that's something he doesn't want. Uh, you've got again, a slowing of their, not only their population, but their economy. COVID has been a nightmare. Are there people having serious doubts about Xi and his potential to be the ultimate leader forever?
5: I think so. Um, you know, In October, at the Communist Party's 20th National Congress, he got that precedent-breaking third term. And it did look like he had cemented his hold over the senior leadership of the Communist Party. But at that time, the Communist Party was losing its grip over society. And now it's clear that Xi is actually losing his grip over the party, because there have been a number of stark policy reversals, um, things that he were his signature policies that have now been abandoned. So, for instance, the zero-COVID policy, which he doubled down on in October, well, they abandoned that on December 7th. Also, his tech crackdown, that was abandoned. um, And you go down the line, there's been some stark reversals of policies, which means that Xi Jinping has lost a lot of debates recently, which means then he's not necessarily leader for life, which means that China is unstable because, as you very correctly point out, He's not going to give up. easily. he's not the type of person to say, oh, well, OK, I lost. I'm, I'm just going home. No, he's going to fight. And that means China is unstable.
1: What's the average young 20 something who comes out of college or, or in China look at right now and think about what their country has to offer them and, and how they play? Because the younger generation used to plays roles when it comes to revolution. Are, are they happy? Are they disgruntled? They've grown up with more freedom than their parents and their grandparents and taking that away, I don't think, is a, is, is a way to, to cement your legacy.
5: Yeah, this is where the pessimism that I talked about earlier in terms of um, having children, this comes into play um, because they can see it's not just the COVID ripping through China and the fastest viral outbreak in history. But it's also that economic downturn where people can't afford an apartment. If you can't afford an apartment, you're a male in China, you can't afford an apartment, it means you can't get married. Uh, and that has all sorts of implications. Plus, also, one of China's biggest problems that Xi Jinping didn't talk about in October at that monumental party congress is youth unemployment. We don't know exactly how many uh, people are unemployed or the percentage rate, but it's probably around 20 percent or so, which means that you've got a China right now with a generation that is a very dark mood.
1: God, it's crazy. It's crazy. I love having you on. Follow him. Uh, read his stuff. Gordon G. Chang. Uh, check him out on Twitter at Gordon G. Chang. Gordon, it's always it's great to talk to you and get the, the update of what's happening in China and, the, and you know, the chaos and who knows where we go from here. But uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks so much.
5: Thank you, Chad. I really I really appreciate it. Thanks.
1: At Chad Benson Show, Twitter, follow Gordon at Gordon Chi Chang. Uh, it's crazy. And, and here's the thing. Do you think about 20% unemployment for the youth? They're the ones who are activists. They're the ones who are going to get out there. If, if you're 72 and you're unemployed, well, if you're 55, you're pissed and angry, but if you are a bunch of twenty-somethings sitting around and you got nothing going on, well, you can cause hell and you can cause change. And they've grown up with a certain amount of freedom that mom and dad started to enjoy, but remember the times before, and grandma and grandpa never really had. Think about that: three, two, three, five, three, eight, twenty-four, twenty-three. Inflation. Things are sideways, uncertainty in the world. Sometimes it's good to collect stuff like the physical, gold, silver. This is my buddies over there at Swiss America I want to show you what you can do. Right now, for my listeners, the silver walking half dollar, $12.50 each delivered right to you. That's right. Limit $250 per customer. The silver Liberty half dollar. It's a walking half dollar. It's $12.50 each. It's always nice to have just something else. We have a chance to... The weaker dollar, inflation, gold and silver could go up. It's nice to have something in your hands. Mention Chad when you call them or text... 800-289-2646. They're going to take extra special care of you right now. $12.50 for the silver walking half dollars from my friends over at Swiss America. Go to SwissAmerica.com slash Chad or call or text 800-289-2646. 800-289-2646 or go to SwissAmerica.com slash Chad. SwissAmerica.com slash Chad. Chad Benson Show.
4: Welcome
0: to Chad. No, not the country. The institution. The Chad Benson Show.
4: A big morning for everything everywhere all at once. What's happening? The Multiverse movie scoring a leading 11 nominations, including three acting nods, directing, and the big one, Best Picture, where it's up against nine other films. Netflix's All Quiet on the Western Front, the only streaming Best Picture nominee, and the Banshees of Inna also with nine nods. What did you come here for? The rest of the Best Picture category includes blockbusters Top Gun Maverick, Avatar The Way of Water, and Elvis, Tar, Women Talking, Triangle of Sadness, and Steven Spielberg's The Fablemans.
1: Oh, my lord. That I've not seen. (laughs) All Quiet on the Western Front, I will see. Who are the snubs? Brad Pitt, Viola Davis, Tom Cruise? Well, you know, some movies got nominated. uh, Others didn't. Adam Sandler. I know people say, Adam Sandler? Yeah. Uh, Obviously, Top Gun Maverick got, you know, got itself uh, Best Picture, but... Best director, best actor didn't get anything. Viola Davis, the Woman King. Adam Sandler, The Hustle. Black Panda, Wakanda Forever. So there was some stuff that was uh, uh, left out. But I, I don't, you know. Again, it goes back to it's a popularity contest for stuff. It's very popular. It is, I guess. I haven't seen any of these movies. I didn't. I didn't want to tell you guys that, but I didn't. I haven't seen any of these. But I'll just let you guys know. I haven't seen any of them. I'm seeing Way of Water, the Fablemans. I'll watch them if they come on and I don't have to do too much. But I have a limited, I have a finite time with my family. And to spend time with them is more important. And, you know, it's like all quiet on the Western Front is something I'd watch. Like if if it's a Saturday, my wife and the kids are doing something, that's something where it's long, <laughs> it's in a different language. I'll watch that because it looks amazing. But getting home at you know seven thirty at night or whatever, I get home and then going, I, I got to be to bed in twenty minutes and get up. It feels like to go to the, to the next day. It's insane. It's another time. And I heard about everywhere all at once or whatever it is, all the time sideways everything. A guy at work saw this past weekend. He explained to me one of the epi- one of one of the scenes, and I'm like, meow, hard pass. <laughs> Three two three five three eight twenty four twenty three at Chad Benson Show. It's your Twitter, your Instagram. I thank Gordon for coming on the show. If you missed any of the interview with Gordon G Chang, you can follow him on Twitter at Gordon G Chang. I will tell you this right now: China isn't what a lot of people thought they were. More and more people, and China, and Gordon has been saying this about China for a while. They're not what everybody says they are. Now you're getting more geopolitical experts are coming out saying they're not. And but it's the desperation that he talked about that should have us worried. About you know if you're if you're sitting there and you're Xi Jinping and you look around you think I better figure out something to cement my power. That's the stuff we should worry about. And if they're them, you also have to worry about the fact that you've got 20 percent unemployment amongst the youth. That is not a win, kids. Chad Benson, Joe.
0: independent life this is chad benson
1: watching a tape from uh the takedown so yesterday there was another shooting in california half moon bay which is gorgeous up in northern california and a guy killed uh seven on a mushroom farm and another elderly gentleman a 67 year old uh immigrant uh, that his name is uh, Chun Li Zhao. He did the shooting and he then went to a substation. He had a semi automatic handgun in his uh, vehicle. He apparently, by all accounts, acted alone and may have worked at one, if not both, of the facilities at one time or another. And so 67. So we have a 72 year old and a 62 year old. I mean, a 67 year old, that is usually when you think people are going to snap. And we know that's what's happened. Like the the guy from the other day, the horrific shooting in Monterey down in Southern Monterey uh, Park down in Southern California, he, the, ins- we know what's wrong. He's nuts. I mean, that's uh, like for, for a lack of a better term, he's crazy. He had gone to the police station in, in, in er, earlier in the new year, like early January on several occasions to say that he had documentation of his family poisoning him for for decades and all of this stuff. Uh, you know, I mean, it, that, that, that there was something demonic going on at the dance studio and that his wife didn't want him. I mean, there's all the somebody's not there. Let's let you guys know that not there. And yet they'll talk about it's, it's the guns. It's always about the guns. It's just the guns, Chad. If we would just if we had no guns, we wouldn't be in this position.
5: I mean the, the Second is becoming a suicide package. But
1: there's many people in this country that support the
5: Second Amendment I, I, I and support.
2: our and our lawful gun owners. Yeah,
5: I have great respect. I have no ideological opposition to someone reasonably and responsibly owning firearms and getting background checks and being trained.
1: That right there is uh, Gavin Newsom, who is at the same time saying "Uh, guns are abhorrent and the Second Amendment is horrible. But I totally, absolutely agree with the Second Amendment because it screams of somebody who's not quite sure if Biden is going to be around long enough to fulfill his term as president uh, or will bow out and wants to run. So he's got to appeal in some way to people across the middle of the country that he's not anti-gun. And guess what? The guy that did the shooting in the bottom, his gun was illegal. How could that happen, Chad? How could you... Ha- how? How does a person get a gun illegally? Because because they can. If somebody wants to do something bad enough, they'll do it. If they want to do something absolutely heinous, they'll figure out a way to do it. Oh. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. But we know it's, you know, this... We don't know the motives in either of these, but I, I by the sounds of one of them, the motive was not well. The motive of this in Half Moon Bay? Don't know. Find out. Sounds like a dispute at a former job. And then you got that kid. I don't know if you guys saw this. That kid in Virginia. Like every other day, something comes out. That six-year-old who shot his teacher... And then you find out that not only did he shoot his teacher, it wasn't an accident. He meant to shoot his teacher. We'll come to find out it's worse than that. And the school has splaining to do. Because he originally wanted to light her on fire and watch her die in front of him. It's a six-year-old. His parents were going to school them on a daily basis, and they said, we've got a safe, and our gun was in there, how he got it. They searched him the day of the shooting because he had threatened to do things. The teacher was told, essentially, stop complaining. Other teachers and aides had said, this kid is unstable. He had thrown furniture at both the teacher and the And the other children. He had barricaded them in. And barricaded them out. How he was still. In the classroom. Is insane. How he was still. Inside of this school. And not getting professional help. That that school. Or any other school. Outside of ones that specialize. In in something like this. They're ill-equipped. Questions being asked. Why wasn't he disciplined? You threatened to kill the teacher. You threatened to light the teacher on fire. You've attacked the children. You've attacked other teachers. You've barricaded them in and barricaded them out. You come to school on a daily basis, essentially, by the sounds of it, looking for this. And the school ignored the teacher's worries. Sweet mother of God, (laughs) we have a demon problem in this country. I was reading about that yesterday, about why uh, young people don't go to church, and there was a lot of different things. There's a lot of reasons why young people don't go to church. One of them, is it boring? That's absolutely a possibility. It is. Is it judgmental? 100%. If you think it is, it is. Are all churches judgmental? No. Are all churches welcoming? No. According to the latest data, last year, 3,000 new churches opened up in this country, 4,500 churches closed. That's a loss of 1,500 churches. Your great-grandparents believed in God, went to church. Your grandparents believed in God, went to church. Your parents said they believed in God, probably didn't go to church that much. My generation believed in God, probably didn't go to church at all. If you did go, this next generation and you got to think about what's the ultimate rewrite if you could do something. If you're the if you're if you're the academia world, it's got to be the Bible, right? It's got to be. Here's the thing. Sin is When you look at sin, it doesn't matter what it is, gay, straight, any of those things. Churches should welcome all people. That's the goal. That's the goal. But it is exclusionary in the sense that if you think that, you know, the whole thing about a relationship with God is to try and better yourself in the walk with God every day and try to get closer. It isn't to go in there and say, you will do what I say when I say it, how I say it, and you must accept me, period, case, closed. end of story. Take away the, because, you know, I see it's the LGBT community that doesn't want to go to church and feels unwelcoming. It's this community. It, isn't the whole goal as a relationship to try to become closer with God? Continuing your ways, no matter if you're doing drugs, you're an adulterer, you're 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 violent, you're you're a thief, whatever. It, that's not. It doesn't matter what it is. But it becomes a a situation where it's a woke world now, and the idea of trying to get us in a position where we could try to rewrite stuff and rewrite the Bible or, or try to fit it into, there's a lot of things that people are going to have to do, but there are things that are going on. And one of the things is kids, younger generation, you know what they're missing out on? There's a reason that like I was talking to yesterday, there's a reason that uh, uh, Jordan Peterson get 5,000 people to show up somewhere in particular, young men, because kids and young people, they crave discipline. They crave somebody that is going to, you know, th- th- They will do things because they want discipline. They need structure. That's a good thing. That is a good thing. So many young men are lost in this world because they've had zero structure. Parents wanted to be buddies and pals. They fought all the battles for them. They did all of these things. And lo and behold, when they got old enough to realize that none of that stuff was real and it was all BS and they didn't have the coping skills and nobody gave it to them straight and they tiptoed around anything that real, you have troubles. Oh, yeah, I could see that. Church, though, has got to figure out a way. Well, how do we become relevant in this day and age? You better figure it out. Because if you think, oh, it's going to be great, there's going to be no religion, and everything's going to be fantastic, uh, think again. Think again. I have a lot of friends who are big academics, and they'll tell me, if religion disappeared right here, watch the hell in the handbasket society goes through. They've got a problem, though. How do you get a younger generation? Well, you offer them the things that, they, that they're searching for. But you have to offer to them in a way that they will get. They may want something, but you're not offering it to an area that they're frequenting. And churches better figure this out sooner than later. One of the things I've always said for a younger generation, church is too long. We live in a TikTok society. Hell, people don't want to sit through a two-hour movie. You think they want to go somewhere for 90 minutes? No, you better figure out how you go and engage them in the way that they'll understand, but also have the message and say, look, this is the message here. That's not It's not a game. We're not over for interpretation. It is exclusionary, exclusionary for sin. The whole thing is you should want to be you know, becoming something better. Well no, you gotta work around all of my stuff. That's not the way it works. It's not. Oh, how dare you say that? It's the reality of life. It's the reality of life. How do you message it and how do you get in front of people? We got a problem. 323 538 2423. At Chad Benson Shows your Twitter. Tweet at us, text the program. I do love hearing from all of you, your love, your hate, all the things in between. Feel free to fire them right at us, kids, if you will. Omaha Steaks, delicious. Didn't have a chance to barbecue. We're going to barbecue tonight. We're going to play a little pickleball when I get home. If it's not too freezing outside, we're having a bit of a cold snap here in Arizona for us. Many of you listening around the country, you would be like, ha, I wish. Well, for us, when you basically your entire wardrobe is shorts and a t-shirt, 50 degrees, by the time I get home, it's a 45, eh, but I think it's going to be a little bit warmer tonight. We'll play some uh, pickleball out in the backyard, and we're going to barbecue and I love it. We got tons of stuff from Omaha Steaks. Time to fill up your freezer with Omaha Steaks. You name it. Naturally aged, incredible steaks, ultimate tenderness, juiciness and flavor. You got the filets, you've got comfort food, you got the air-chilled boneless chicken breast, you've got the burgers, the hot dogs, they've got so many other things. They got surf and turf. And right now, when you go to omahasteaks.com, It's 55% off site-wide. And an extra $30 off at checkout when you use code Benson. 100% money-back guarantee. So stock up right now. Create memories. Enjoy it. Get ready for the big game. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about with Omaha Steaks. Go right now. OmahaSteaks.com. 55% off site-wide. Code Benson on the way out. Saves you an extra 30 bucks. OmahaSteaks.com. Use code Benson. A minimum order may be required. OmahaSteaks.com. Code Benson, Chad Benson Show.
0: I used to be free. I am not a terrorist.
2: I am not Antifa. I am not a sex slave that
0: wears masks.
1: (gasps) Don't be a cutie pie
0: i probably sit around and cook some soups and eat bread and desserts
3: and just get all fat and sassy. You're ruining my life,
0: but You're, You're listening to The Chad Benson Show.
1: Now it's time to find out what's trending. What's trending? Einstein, James Dean, Davey, Peter Pan, Elvis Presley, Disneyland, Norway, Oman, Pakistan, Qatar, Russia, Suriname. What
4: trending?
1: Let's find out what's trending baby in the old trending machine. It's Twitter, Google and the likes. Start over on a Twitter big trending day, Oscars. Uh, lots of stuff when it comes to the Oscars. Uh, you've got E-E-A-A-O, which is everything, everywhere, all at once. Viola Davis, she got snubbed, apparently. You've got Turning Red, which was a cartoon. I think I saw bits and pieces of that. Colin Farrell as well. Because he has been nominated. And a lot of, you know, snubs. Like, what, what do you mean he didn't? Tom Cruise didn't get a... Tom Cruise is a movie star and he's a superstar and I would say he's the last movie star on earth. Tom Cruise is is a force. Is he a good actor? Uh, who's a good actor? I mean, it's all subjective and secondly, I mean, uh, you know, anytime a seven or eight year old can win the best of anything, Academy Awards, there's been a few of them, uh, how is it hard to say, like, you're the best in the world? <laughs> it's like, So, he's not getting anything. But, you know what he gets? He gets to be Tom Cruise. Which, outside of the lunacy of Scientology, probably a pretty damn cool thing. Guy does his own stunts, man. That's that's, uh, ballsy right there. Head over to Google. On the Googly machine. uh, Half Moon Bay. Uh, Horrible shooting there yesterday. Again, a 67-year-old man asian immigrant who i guess worked at the mushroom farms up there uh caused this this horrific shooting why like no motive not as of yet he turned himself in josh allen detailing the season ending loss as well as his injury for his elbow uh psg a soccer team they played yesterday in the french cup they won seven nothing but this was very interesting they played an amateur team in the cup so in europe a lot of these things, everybody can play. So you could be a local park team, and you'll have a chance to enter the tournament and see how far you can go. This team is an amateur team. They played yesterday against the most expensive team in the world and the best player in the world who played. And he said, we wanted to show them respect, so we wanted to put out our best players because all of us at one time or another were amateurs. And we wanted to give them that respect. He tore them up. They won 7 nothing oscar nominations big time uh everywhere was it everywhere all the time all at once (laughs) everything everywhere all at once i think is what it is that's the movie they got 11 nominations oh my god now you know it's trending around the globe. coming up the paper ceiling can it be breached what is it talk a bit about that as well as the labor shortage Would you hire somebody who had a criminal record? Talk about that as well. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. It's the Chad Benson Show.
4: The Chad Benson Show.
0: Independent thoughts, independent life. This
1: is Chad Benson. Is there nothing our government can focus on more important than the fact that there is a panel today, a judicial committee, a Senate Judiciary Committee. I'm pointing this out because it's insane over the Ticketmaster Taylor Swift debacle. There is nothing more important. We had a hundred and... Let's go over the numbers are finally in. One hundred, ten thousand, two hundred and thirty-six people died in a 12-month period because of fentanyl. We have a wide open border. And you're like... Talking about fees. Yes, they're annoying. Yes, they piss us all off. What's the alternative? We should have an alternative. Some cases they are. You know where we didn't have a problem with the Taylor Swift thing? Here in Arizona? Why is that? Because where she was performing, they have a contract with SeatGeek. So there wasn't that issue. But now you've got Live Nation blaming t- you know, Ticketmaster, Tickermaster fighting with Live Nation. They're all in front of a Senate judiciary committee being grilled by a bunch of people going, so, uh, Taylor Swift. So people go on the internet. That's a WWW thing, right? Yeah. And, uh, they got to pay a service fee. Oh, wait, look, it pisses us all off the service fee. I was talking to the guys about it. Like it's, it's insane. Next time, look at your cell phone bill. Like, what is this? What's this? Sometimes it's just like, we're taking money, eight bucks. <laughs> It's like there's nothing even on there. You even know what the the hell does that even mean? But I don't know if we need to hold Senate hearings about it, but apparently some people believe it's good. Ticketmaster is now saying, well, it was a cyber attack and it was uh, uh, a look, we need more competition. How many of us get pissed off? It's $19.99 for roses. And you're like, oh my God. Then you go to check out and they're going to deliver them. And it's $63.85 for roses. You're like, what the hell? Yeah, because there's a $7 fee for every rose. <laughs> Top of that. You're just that's, and that's what drives people crazy. You buy four tickets, and if it was a hundred bucks for your fee, okay. Okay. It's a hundred bucks for your fee. But it's a hundred bucks per ticket. A ticket which you don't get, because you gotta download an app on your phone, and then the app pops up, and then you can't even screenshot the damn thing, and then you're in a position where you're standing in line. It's it's frustrating as hell. It is three two three five three eight twenty four twenty three at Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us, text the program. We've got issues when it comes to the world of employment. We know that. Maybe we should have a conversation about that. Now let's debate this Ticketmaster thing. Nobody's going to hate us, because if we if we look like we're trying really hard for 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 all the people out there with Ticketmaster, it'll be great. That's all they care about. They don't care about debt ceiling or immigration. How about the paper ceiling? What is it? Very interesting. Paper ceiling is the degree. a degree. Number of job postings requiring a degree is coming down. Why is that? A lot of people out there could get the job done and they feel like uh, maybe you don't need a degree for this. Maybe you don't need a degree for that, especially when they call uh, middle skill roles. So they're getting rid of it. They're getting rid of it. Oh, that's interesting. I look, degrees are fantastic. Education is there's several ways to get education. Several ways. I know people that are educated and very successful, usually in fields where they hyper focus on a specific specific thing. Law, medicine. I have friends who have zero degrees. And are ridiculously successful. And I have a lot of friends who have degrees. I have a lot more friends who have degrees and are paying off stuff. Don't work in the field that they got their degree in and eh, they're Mid- midland at best it's it's a it's a large swath of people education come a lot of different ways one of the things though with all of the stuff that's going on in america and labor shortage we do have something else happening it's a different kind of ceiling to break it is that of the uh <clears throat> well uh, something came up on your background check ceiling
2: Mike Jenny takes his job as a driver no seriously. I was having trouble finding a job because of uh, when I was younger, I did a bunch of things that I wasn't supposed to be doing. A lot of people wouldn't accept it. The things that were on my record. Mike is one of 77 million people in the country that have an arrest or conviction on their record. According to the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, the unemployment rate for this population is 27%, and it's 60% for folks up until four years after their release. I fixed those problems. Now they're not an issue, but companies don't really understand that. It's all because of something that I did.
1: Yeah, well, something you did, and you took responsibility for it, and you paid the price. Now, there are some things that... I think people we need to look at. And we've talked about this on on, on a lot of occasions. You, you you'll see people who are in prison and they're getting trained on HVAC. Well, outside of a commercial job, they're never going to work for a company because they're never going to pass a background check that is going to get them cleared. Where their insurance is going to cover for somebody going in the house in you know, especially if you've got serious crimes. Uh, you know, and we're not talking about rape and murder. We're talking about people who've got you know, what if you were bank robber? I work with a couple bank robbers. It was a trip I didn't hire my I, I, I came there and and they were like you know it was a marketing company they were just making phone calls but it was it was it was an odd situation and they'd had a hundred jobs usually people find out about it and they don't want to hire them understandable if you think I can't get you licensed I can't get my insurance to cover you that is an issue. The
2: chamber says there are more than 10 million open jobs right now, but only 5.8 million unemployed people. Thanks to a number of factors, including pandemic spurred early retirement and parents deciding to stay home due to a lack of child care. We are short 4 million people to fill those jobs.
1: Yeah. Some of those people out there, those jobs can be filled by people who were at one time incarcerated. Helps with the recidivism rate. That's Real. It gives them an opportunity but for states out there that are teaching in prisons the rehab if you will the opportunity to have jobs at certain places where it's plumbing or hvac where they're gonna have to be in people's homes this is where the state has to come in and say hey guess what we're gonna cover this person because you're giving them an opportunity you are not going to be liable where's that oh
2: a unique staffing agency in vermont helps folks with criminal record over the last year They've noticed more employers asking for their help. Employers are more ready to partner with us, a more openness of mind. There are people who are ready to work, and I need them. Tapping into a once-shunned workforce is good for business. Refusing to hire people with criminal records shuts the country out of up to $87 billion in annual GDP. 85% of HR leaders say second-chance hires perform the same or even better than other employees.
1: Yeah giving people the opportunity is a wonderful thing and it's it's relative right you know i mean it is if, if if somebody got out of jail and they were a rapist or a child molester that's sorry that's a second chance it's a bridge too far for a lot of people uh if you're giving somebody who robbed banks who had a drug problem who you know who dealt drugs who did uh, y- you're looking at people you know car theft. I think you got to you find out what's the line for you, but giving people a second chance is an amazing thing. I mean, both Phil and producer Anthony are career criminals. Yet here they are working on this dog and pony show. They
2: will be loyal. They will be punctual. They will be the things that you want. They hope that this pattern of employers taking chances on more folks continues well past the current worker shortage. Don't just look at the the bad things. Look at their accomplishments. Look beyond the mistake.
1: Yeah, we'll see. I think more and more people are looking at people who've had a different way in life, and that includes not just not having, quote-unquote, the four-year degree, but also people that have been incarcerated, and is there a second chance? I say yes. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Bulwark Capital. This Thursday. They've got a free live webinar, January 26th. Now is your chance to sign up. Who are they? They're going to show you what's the best way to go into retirement, heading towards retirement or just getting started with retirement. And what they do is so much different. They're going to let you in on what it is. Bulwark does their strategy, showing what their strategy has done, not just last year, but many years previous. Plus why 60, 40 stock bond mix is outdated. And with today's inflationary environment, it could actually hurt you. They have a protect your money first actually go after and try to build upon your wealth performance sheet that they want to show you. It is incredible. It's a free live webinar. It's this Thursday. Space is limited. Go to KnowYourRiskRadio.com to sign up today. KnowYourRiskRadio.com this Thursday. It's a free live webinar. January 26th. KnowYourRiskRadio.com Investment Advisory Services offered through Trek Financial LLC and SEC Registered Investment Advisor at Chad Benson Show. Your Twitter c h a d b e n s o n. and follow along. Grab the Podcasts where available. This is the Chad Benson Show.
0: To do what you know how to do, because when you do what you do, what you know how to do.
4: What you just said. Is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard.
2: And then they passed us a baton. And the
0: question is, what will we do with the time we carry the baton?
4: You either smoking something or are you just dumb as hell? Who doesn't love a yellow school bus?
0: What? Oh my God. Get your ass on that school bus and go home. Meet <laughs> me. I call myself a joyful warrior. The Chad Benson Show. Spotify now joins Amazon, Microsoft, and Google parent company Alphabet in the growing list of big tech companies cutting costs and laying off
2: workers. In a memo to staff, Spotify's CEO announced the music streaming company will cut 6% of its workforce. That's about 600 employees. Many media and tech companies went on a hiring spree during the pandemic when business was booming online. Now they say they're facing a new economic reality as both businesses and consumers face higher borrowing costs and the possibility of a recession.
1: Yeah, and that's what you want, right? That's why they go and they raise interest rates, in, and we've talked about this on several occasions when it comes to uh, how a lot of businesses live off of credit. That's how they kind of run their business as far as paying things forward, and the more expensive money is to borrow, well, guess what ends up happening? the more expensive it is to do business, which means you've got to cut places because you're not just going to pass every ounce of that on to the consumer. The other thing is they do overhire. You know, have you ever ordered something at a restaurant and you had chips and salsa before and then you order something and you're like, ah, my goodness, my, my eyes, well, they, they outran my stomach when it comes to something here. Same kind of thing. And then you've got something else going on. You've got ChatGPT, which is changing a lot, and it's changing fast. The beauty of technology is when something hits. And to give you guys an idea of how big this is right now, and maybe you're starting to find out you've got kids at home or you've played around with it yourself because you've heard us talk about it or other people talk about it, this thing has gotten to a point where not since... I heard two people yesterday, and I read an article today, said virtually the same thing. Not since the iPhone has there been something like this in the world of tech. Think about the iPhone is done for us as a species. Google had to call in their dudes who were retired, Sergey Brin and 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 was it and Page? They're just chilling. Right. They just didn't they didn't want anything to do with life. They were tired, you know. They're like, I'm on the board, but I'm really doing anything. We're gonna go philanthropists and do all these kind of things. They're getting phone calls because you guys gotta get in here because we didn't do what we thought we were gonna do. And the money we should have put into AI we didn't. And now we're in a position where we may be irrelevant. That's how fast this thing is growing. And when I talk about irrelevant. This is an industry where you could be on top of the world today, and within six months or a year, you're somewhat of an afterthought. I don't think Google's going to be that, but could it get passed sooner rather than later? TikTok, YouTube are rivals when it comes to search engines and blowing away a lot of people. TikTok is, is gaining popularity, but it's just it, look at Facebook. Facebook took over from what? You had Friendster, and then you had, uh, you had MySpace, and here comes Facebook, and Facebook dominated for a decade and a half, which is unheard of, and all of a sudden, uh, they're trying to do other stuff. Instagram was the big, here comes TikTok. Chat, GPT, and all these things are changing everything. Microsoft, while they're laying off, what are they doing Well, they're not spending money. (laughs) They're, they're spending money. It's where they're spending money.
4: Microsoft says it's expanding its relationship with OpenAI, the startup behind buzzy artificial intelligence programs like ChatGPT and Dolly2, calling it a multi-year, multi-billion dollar investment. Semaphore technology reporter Reed Albergati says Microsoft has lagged behind competitors in search engines and mobile devices, so that's why it's making a big bet on AI. I think what Microsoft sees here is that artificial intelligence is potentially Potentially, the next big wave in consumer tech. Yeah, yeah.
1: So the possibilities, like to say, are endless. But just to give you a, uh, an idea of how amazing this stuff is, ChatGPT has passed the bar exams everywhere and passed medical examinations. You can chat with people of the past. There are things it can't do, at least not right this moment. And it's still free, but it will be able, as they say, in the future, complex things that humans do, it will be able to do, which could not be good. But it could also free a lot of things up. But what it can't do, and this is the other thing, people say, what can it do? It can it can pull from the past and knowledge that's out there right now. It cannot pull from the future. Meaning, you can't ask it to write a, a, a movie about things that haven't happened. You can't, Ask it to, to, to write the great novel and to think of things that you know you, you as a human being would think of and put it inside your novel. but it's nowhere else to be found on the internet or anywhere. It can't do those kind of things. So it's hard still for it to distinguish fact from fiction, which is uh, you know one of those things uh, that is very important. Sometimes it makes stuff up. In fact, they're saying at times uh, some of these things are wrong as far as making stuff up by 15 to 20%. It doesn't tell a lot of where it gets its information, Uh, and it tries not to be biased or hateful or malicious, but there are things that you can do to have it talk about certain things. Yesterday, I was reading it. You can chat with Hitler now And, and people of the past. So there are things out there. Like I say, it's pulling from the web, and it's artificial intelligence, not perfect, and people are trying to get it to say and do certain things. Let's not pretend that we're not, but it, it's just, this is the future. And I think people need to understand this is the future. And it's crazy how fast these things explode. And we've been talking about it for a while. I've been playing with it since last year. Like to my uncle, we had an opportunity to do some beta testing with some of this stuff. And it is fascinating. It is so fascinating. And I look out there, and I go. I see the industries that this thing could easily replace. What does that do to certain things? That's the fear factor, right? 323-538-2423. at Chad Benson Show for Twitter. Tweet at us, text the program. You miss any of the show? Please grab it. It is the Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show.
0: thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson.
1: Coming up this hour, we'll talk about cat diabetes and the fact that there's a pill. I want to just talk about how amazing our world is. We got Chat GPT now. We've got pills for oh, I don't know. Our cat has diabetes. I was watching the other day. Lucy K was on with Rogan, and he was talking about how he was at a party one night and he was upset because his dog was going to have heart surgery and there was a Buddhist monk or somebody that was there. And the monk started laughing because at first he thought it was uh, a person that was having heart surgery. And then it comes to find out it's his dog. And the monk started laughing. He's like, I'm not trying to laugh, but when you honestly think about how amazed, uh, how amazing our world is. And and I say that because Pakistan yesterday had a power outage for a vast majority of their country. (laughs) Like, I'm talking about a huge 220 million people were without power yesterday. Some of them for well over 15 hours. Think about that. How blessed we are in this country. When we talk about stuff and talking about stuff, you know, it's like it's about Biden. Oh my God, he's got these. Because you need to figure out what do you have to do with all this stuff. Oh my God. He's got the, he's got do, he's got documents. That are older than me. (laughs) I'm joking, but some of these documents he had when he was a senator. Think about that. How many of you out there who are older, you knew he was a senator? How many of you, maybe younger, go, he was a senator at one time? For like 100 years, he was a senator. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, he was. Are we talking about the things we should be talking about? Things like the debt ceiling. Not sexy, but the reality is we got a battle that's getting ready to happen, and it's going to happen sooner rather than later when it comes to said debt ceiling. Is the best way to fix it increasing the debt ceiling, kind of
2: like increasing how much you can charge on a credit card, or stop spending as much or make more money?
3: Well, we certainly would like to make more money, but I don't think that's possible. We're making all we can. We either
1: have to race. By the way, I want to say something here, and this is former Trade Commissioner Peter uh, uh, Marisi uh you don't make anything you take making and taking are two separate things so for you to make more money means you have to raise taxes oh because you're not providing the goods you're not making me a hat right i don't get a hat you don't make me a burger I'm just saying.
3: Taxes, cut spending, or raise the ceiling. And even if we raise taxes and cut spending, we couldn't do it enough to avoid raising the ceiling simply because the deficit is too large at this point to so abruptly change our fiscal posture. If we did that, the economy would tank because there simply wouldn't be enough spending.
1: Yeah, enough spending. We spend enough, damn it. So, raising taxes? Yeah. There's a lot of things that we should do. We never I ne- what I never hear is about fiscal responsibility. Like maybe, you know, instead of cutting programs, we cut the fat around the programs. We don't get rid of of, of things. In programs, we get rid of things that don't work in programs. Instead of saying that we should uh, maybe just maybe take some of the money we have and actually have accountability for programs that don't work and move it to uh, programs that do work, we don't do any of that. We just, oh, we need more money.
3: More money. The other thing to remember is that we print the world's money with the reserve currency. And because of that, we naturally have a trade deficit, which is financed partially by printing money and having a budget deficit. The real question here is a matter of proportion. Are we borrowing too much? Yes. Can
1: we not borrow at all? No. No. We can't not borrow, but do- borrow too much. But then we get to the, the reality of it. The, f- the fat on what we spent and we spend a lot of money kids a lot of money and entitlements eat up the vast majority of it so can congress control the budget
3: though without cutting or reducing
2: programs like social security
3: oh we don't have to reduce social security to deal with this problem but we have to recognize that we have a huge entitlement state you know we give food stamps to healthy men who could be working who choose not to Remember that we're going to fix uh, ObamaCare. ObamaCare is enormously expensive. Why is it that it's so expensive here? The answer is Congress is not willing to take the steps, Republican or Democrat, necessary to rein in the gravy train. True. And there's a fear factor
1: there because everybody worries about their JOB. That's job for those of you who are not good at spelling. If you even mention the fact that We're going to do something when it comes to the entitlement programs. You're done. You're primaried. You may be primaried. You're primaried from your own people. And you know if you get through, you're going to get blown out because you are throwing grandma away. It's not just Republicans that are evil. Republicans and Democrats across the board have been screaming since I was a child. They've talked about the fact that it's coming. Well, guess what? The it's coming portion of the program is getting closer by the day. 15, 20 years from now? No, I think closer when it comes to the point where we're going to end up looking like Greece. If you don't know what happened in Greece, go look at France right now. All these people are on strike because they're pissed because they're raising the retirement age to a certain level, the pensions that they've been promised. But go look at what happened to Greece. Greece had so many entitlement programs and not enough people paying into it. Remember when uh, W wanted to, to go out and do something different with the entitlements, in particular Social Security? Cool look at Medicare and Medicaid. How much money do we waste when it comes to Medicare and Medicaid? It's not dollar for dollar. You get a dollar in, and it's the greatest Ponzi scheme of all time. Peter Schiff's talked about that. I've talked about it for years. It is a Ponzi scheme. If you don't know how a Ponzi scheme works is, first investors in do really well. You're that mid-to-last investor, you're ending up in a situation where you're losing all your money. That's the fear factor, but you can never talk about it. We can never have honest conversations. We we now live in a country where honesty is not virtue, it's not good, it's not something that should— if you could lie to me in the way that would make me feel comfortable, even though knowing deep down in my heart, if you're a somewhat smart person, that you know that this can't last forever or it needs to be fixed— That's just, just, just for me, do it. We need a fix, but like everything messaging, how do you message a fix? How do you message something to people? Well, one of the big things is the people that are in power, And I'm not talking about the elected officials and talking about the bureaucrats. They want no part of doing anything different because that puts their job in jeopardy. But if you could message something in a real way, that could get people to understand. But it's so easy for the powers that be to come out in a time when, quite frankly, I don't think a lot of people pay enough attention or understand enough. How ugly this thing's going to get when it comes to our debt ceiling, but not just now, but in the future. And there are a lot of people out there saying, well, we can continue to print money and everything's going to be fine. It's not. It's not. It's not. Actually... Uh, we're going to find out, uh-oh, this didn't work like we thought it was going to work. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter, your Insta, all of the other things. Uh, for those of you not keeping score, Ukraine uh, is, well, is it time now that we allow them to get going? And not allow the pooter to to dictate the terms of a war that he started and how somebody can defend themselves. We had Mike Lyons on Friday, mystery Show, uh, any of that show, grab the podcast. It was very interesting talking about offensive versus non-offensive, why we should give them some stuff and other stuff we're not going to give them. And the debate that's going on right now in the White House is, what do we do when it comes to the offensive side of stuff? So right now we're giving them stuff and we have been supplying them stuff to defend themselves. And there's offense with that but not to go after the Russians and the Germans who are a struggle. And, you know, I'm going to talk to my mother-in-law later on. Her name is Petra and, uh, Oma, uh, she is born and raised in Germany, very thick German accent, but there is that sense of still some guilt about some of the stuff that happened. Oh, last century. And the look of tanks, that are German-made, potentially rolling over Russian armies. But you started this. You started this. That's the big debate that's going on right now between whether or not they can give tanks, Poland, to Ukraine. And people are saying, Chad, why is that a big deal? Because they're German-made tanks. These leopard tanks are German-made. So it would be a German tank up against Russian soldiers. The look, the feel, the, oh my God, not again, uh-uh. You started this one. And now the question in the White House is, can we do more to let them be more offensive?
3: We have no indication that President Putin has changed his goals. He wants to control Ukraine and is planning new
1: offensives. Jens Stoltenberg there, got the head of NATO. He understands what's going on. He gets it. He's imploring people to start putting stuff up and... It's time to get serious. Let's allow them, the Ukrainians, to push back and to maybe start striking at a place like Crimea.
3: The only way to last in peace is to make it clear to Putin that he will not win on the battlefield.
1: Mm. Is that possible? It is. Very much so. You make it the, the, the quagmire that it is. But you make it worse. You make it so he feels the pain and his people feel the pain. And they have. We touched on it yesterday briefly. And, and that is simply not only did they overestimate the the how dependent Europe was on their fossil fuels, oil and gas. They did it in such a way that Europe went from about 40 to 60 percent, depending on the country, down to on average 14 percent of the fuels being used over there are now Russian. 86% are coming from elsewhere and that's not going to change. You not only overshot for today, you put your future in potential doubt when it comes to your financial solvency. We must provide heavier
3: and more advanced systems so, so that Ukrainian forces are able to repel The Russian forces.
1: It'd be interesting for sure to see what happens going forward. But uh, it's the potential here for this to be their last throw in the next several weeks is, I think, very real for the Russians. And I think Putin knows that and he's going to throw everything at it. And the question is, do we give them the opportunity to not just defend, but to throw back. 323-538-2423. 3, 3, 3, at Chad Benson, show your Twitter. Tweet at us, text the program. Uh, our man, Gordon Chang, is going to come on talk about China. They are losing when it comes to population. Many people now see China not only as a paper dragon, but also the potential of them uh, really starting to get to a point where they're going to slide backwards. And that behemoth that everybody thought was going to overtake us uh, may not be anywhere near that. Talk about that at the bottom of the hour right now. Rough Greens, R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Chad. Go to Rough Greens. Get a free bag of Rough Greens on me. Vitamins, minerals, probiotics, omega 369 The best thing I've ever done for my dogs it was a simple little supplement that you put on top of your dog's food. I, uh, uh, Our news director here, she's, she's great. She loves her dogs. I mean, they're her kids. She comes up to me yesterday. She goes what's going on with the Rough Greens? I got some news. St- I hear that they're doing some new stuff potentially down. I said, yeah, she goes, uh, uh, I, uh, she got a couple new puppies and stuff. And, and I go, do you need an extra bag? Because she knows she goes, yes, yes. She goes, our new dog loves it, but we're not scheduled to get some for a little while. I said, I'll get you a little extra bag. They're going to give you a bag for free. Try it. You will be absolutely blown away by the results. More energy. If your dog struggles with maybe aches and pains, you watch what happens. RuffGreens.com slash Chad. It's a free bag for you. You cover the cost of shipping. Couldn't be any easier. Roughgreens.com slash Chad. RuffGreens.com slash Chad. Diabetes drugs for kitties? We'll talk about that straight ahead. This here be the one, the only, The Chad Benson Show.
0: You're listening to The Chad Benson Show. It's a pain if your cat's ever diagnosed
2: with diabetes. You have to give them shots twice a day, and in addition to the cat not liking it a whole lot, it's kind of hard. In fact, it's such an inconvenience that one out of every ten pet owners chooses to put down their cat rather than give it the injections. Enter Bexacat, a new once-daily pill that's just been developed. It costs slightly more than the insulin injections, but a lot of pet owners say that's okay because it's not nearly so much of a hassle. Here's the caveat, though. You can only give it to newly diagnosed cats. Once your cat has started, on the injections we gotta stay on the injections
1: we're like stoked right that we live in the world that we live in And, and and i you know we touched on it briefly to start this hour but we're spending how much money to find out how we can cure cat diabetes i want you to think about this for a second not that you shouldn't love your animals i love my animals i love them tremendously i love animals big time in fact I will not feed most of the time I will not feed my animals other animals that are living you know I get frozen animals and there's other things I do and the reason is, is I don't want to see an animal suffer now I know it's nature and things happen but the, the, you know and sometimes I've got a few pets that they you know they will not eat anything that's 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 killed they, they part of it is and part of it is you know uh the it's it's tough to watch and stuff and it's not good for either of the animals but This is how blessed we are in this country. We spend God knows how much dressing our animals up. We spend God knows how much every year buying costumes and presents and having parties for our pets. We spend God knows how much money on pet medicine. And it's great that we have vets. It's great that we have all those things, but it does show you how Absolutely, ridiculously blessed we are in this country. So when you people bitch about this country, people whine about this country, when you people throw fits about this country and all of these things, I always laugh because I take a step back and go, we have treatments for cats for diabetes or feline AIDS or all of these things. Think about that for a second when you look around the world and they don't have fresh drinking water. When you look around the world and you think that there's a vast majority of people on this planet that don't have indoor plumbing. 20% of Russia doesn't have indoor plumbing. Oh, Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, so think about how blessed we are. When I hear people talk about how evil America is and capitalism is horrible and all of these things in the West, I just take a step back and go, yeah, how blessed we can do things for our animals. That most people around the world would love to have just any kind of opportunity to see a doctor. 323 538 2423, at Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Coming up, Gordon Chain, let's talk about China. Are they in trouble the way that a lot of people are starting to think they are? We discuss straight ahead Chad
4: Benson Show. The Chad Benson Show.
0: Thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson.
1: Uh, when
4: it comes to
1: China, to me, he's the preeminent voice. Uh, and he's been that way, and he's been warning us for a long time. I follow him on Twitter, at Gordon G. Chang. Uh, the coming collapse of China, the great U.S.-China tech war. He's got several books about China's. Gordon, thanks so much for joining the program today. And first of all, just the, uh, we were just talking about that. Uh, today, World of Warcraft Blizzard shut off all their servers. People in China are upset because they can't play video games.
5: Yes, and we shouldn't be surprised because that happens with distressing frequency in China. China really has a uh, sort of ambivalent attitude about gaming. They like the revenue, but they don't like some of the images. And so we have this occurring from time to time.
1: It's crazy. Let's talk about, and let's get serious uh, on the side note, uh, you know, that that was a side note and kind of a funny, weird thing that's happening. But last week came out, China's down about a million people in their population, and they're having a problem. They're no longer the most populous world, uh, country in the world and we look and say, well, they've got one point X amount of billion, but there's an issue, much like with the western side of the, of the globe. There's an issue here where you need population and this thing could really cause hell in the coming
5: years. Yeah, China has a problem that it can't solve. It's probably going to lose something like a billion people between now and the turn of the century. It's now, you know, one point one four or one two billion Um, it's probably going to be somewhere under 500 million um, when we go to 2,100. And the problem here is a number of them. There was the one-child policy which indoctrinated the Chinese people not to have children. As China became more prosperous, it naturally uh, people had fewer children. But also there's extreme pessimism right now in Chinese society. And people just don't want to bring children into the world. They say... The best thing I can do for my child is not to have him. And that really is the sense of we are the last generation, as someone said last year. So China's got a problem, steepest demographic decline in history and the absence of war or disease. This is really serious.
1: Talking to Gordon G. Chang, you follow him on Twitter at Gordon G. Chang. You know, you talk about uh, the, this pessimism. What's the pessimism like? Because, you know, they would love to portray it as everything's great, but they realize now they can't keep it quiet like they did way back in the day, like Tiananmen Square. We're turning all the lights out. Next day, everybody's gone and everything's okay. They can't do that now. And the zero-COVID policy failed and hurt their economy. They are in a position where, by all accounts, every major war games that they've tried on the computer and and thought out realized they're going to get their butts whooped in Taiwan and it won't be worth it. Where do they go from here?
5: That is the great question. And I worry that as China heads downward fast, um, Chinese leaders, Xi Jinping are going to realize they got a closing window of opportunity to achieve historic goals. And so they're going to lash out. They're going to become even more dangerous than they are now. And we're really not prepared for that. So this is, I think, one of those precarious moments for us and for China's neighbors, of course.
1: What does that look like? You you talk about the danger that China can present. Uh, you know, the, the reality is is uh, they're I think everybody realized they're kind of when it comes to finance, the financial world, they're a bit of a paper dragon more than they are a real dragon anymore. That three percent growth is a bunch of BS. But them taking a shot at somebody like Taiwan, if they were to try that, and the all of the computer models are right, they get absolutely nothing from it, but a lot of dead bodies. Where would they go at that point? Because there's not a lot they can do. And what would the leaders look like if they were to try and fail?
5: Well, I think really the problem here is is not so much that China is going to figure out. Well, we're going to um, we're going to stop uh, invade Taiwan. The problem is they have been engaged in very dangerous intercepts in the global commons in airspace and on the surface of the seas. One of those could go very, very wrong. And that's how war can start. So this is the problem for us. There was a very dangerous intercept of an unarmed U.S. Air Force reconnaissance plane in international airspace uh, last month. Um, and that just is, I think, a model for where this was going to go. There's going to be some sort of accident, and that can very well cause a war.
1: Crazy. Talking to Gordon uh, G. Chang. You can follow him on Twitter at Gordon G. Uh, Chang. Uh uh, Biden sending a bunch of officials over to place and this is the other side of it the business side of of this they China and Russia have been in and throughout Africa for a very long time and a lot of of western countries have kind of said you know what we've our, our look here isn't great colonization all of those things maybe we should lead leave it to to somebody else we can't do that africa can't afford that We're sending people over there to try to negotiate with African leaders saying, look, you think we're bad. Wait till these guys get here and this is going to look something completely different and they're going to gut your countries like you think we did something bad. No, not even close.
5: Yeah. And it's also Latin America where China is now more influential in that region than we are. And that's also true for the Caribbean, um, especially because of what's called the pink wave. The electoral um, wave of election of leftists, which started in 2018 in Mexico, and the last one was Brazil last, just at the end of last year. And there are 11 more elections in the region uh, this year and next. So um, we can face, we're basically facing China in our um, backyard, as it's called. But it's really not our backyard, it's China's backyard.
1: <sighs> scary, scary. I mean, it's it's crazy that we're in this this battle. But at the same time, when I talk to our military analysts, they're like, look, we're decades ahead of them. Uh, we're also battle tested. That's the one thing they're not. Uh, they are struggling a lot of different ways. And when you're desperate, and you know this, Gordon, when you're desperate, you make stupid moves. And I think a lot of people are counting on them to do something stupid in this, especially because I think they feel like they're, like you said, their, their windows shutting, but so was their economic might that might not be there. COVID played hell on everybody. It really played hell on them. And now we're getting companies that are being, are taking the initiative to get out of China. And I think that's a huge thing, but how many companies would we have to see leave there before it really affects them?
5: It's starting to affect them now, Chad, um, but we need to see a lot more. Um, so, for instance, Cheap, um, which was one of the first foreign investors, last July announced it was going. Apple is moving some of its iPad production to Vietnam and some of its iPhone production to India. Um, but we need to get Apple out of there, especially because Apple's supply chain is tainted with forced enslaved labor. Um, and this goes you know, down the list of, of companies. They are now starting to say China plus one. In other words, we keep our China factories, but we need to have a factory someplace else because China is no longer a reliable member of global supply chains. And that's true. The unreliability is true for a number of reasons. So it needs to be a lot more. And Chad, you talked about the Chinese economy getting crushed Well, last year. Instead of the 3.0 percent growth that the National Bureau of Statistics reported, it was probably negative from all that we can tell. It was probably negative.
1: You know, uh, uh, we're talking to Gordon Chang. You can follow him at uh, on Twitter at Gordon G. Chang. And uh, I, I suggest if you, if you care about China, what's happening in in and throughout the world, this guy's got his finger on it. Uh, their their guy uh, was in Davos last week. It was uh, uh, Liu He or whatever. He was over there essentially saying, we're open for business, begging for business. That kind of sent, I think, a lot of people who don't really pay a lot of attention to this, that they're in a lot more pain than they realize economically.
5: Absolutely. Um, you don't ask for money if you have a lot of it. And Lil um, who you know, is, is a figure who has um, been very persuasive with American elites. Um, you know, he, he went there and he made his case. And, you know, the Davos crowd, of course, lapped it up. But the point is, when you start looking at his words, you start realizing there are real problems in there. And also Xi Jinping, his New Year's address, um, where he calls for unity. Well, that means there isn't unity. That means when he called for stability, there isn't stability. China right now is in a very fragile state, and we don't understand that. And therefore, as I mentioned, it can take us by surprise.
1: Yeah. Uh, what is going on with Xi Jinping? I mean, because, you know, he's been anointed now, but it, it felt like something that was an inevitability by the time it got to his anointing had become we have a lot of questions uh and usually when you give somebody that ultimate power they decide well i'm ultimately not going to give this power up easily you know the thing with russia uh, and now you feel like you look over there in russia and them are kind of tied at the hip and that's something he doesn't want uh you've got again a slowing of their not only their population but their economy covid's been a nightmare are there people having serious doubts about g and his potential to be the ultimate leader forever
5: I think so. Um, In October, at the Communist Party's 20th National Congress, he got that precedent-breaking third term. And it did look like he had cemented his hold over the senior leadership of the Communist Party. But at that time, the Communist Party was losing its grip over society. And now it's clear that Xi is actually losing his grip over the party, because there have been a number of stark policy reversals, um, things that he were his signature policies that have now been abandoned. So, for instance, the zero-COVID policy, which he doubled down on in October, well, they abandoned that on December 7th. Also, his tech crackdown, that was abandoned. um, And you go down the line, there's been some stark reversals of policies, which means that Xi Jinping has lost a lot of debates recently, which means then he's not necessarily leader for life, which means that China is unstable because, as you very correctly point out, He's not going to give up. easily. he's not the type of person to say, oh, well, OK, I lost. I'm, I'm just going home. No, he's going to fight. And that means China is unstable.
1: What's the average young 20 something who comes out of college or, or in China? Look at right now and think about what their country has to offer them and, and how they play, because the younger generation usually to a roles when it comes to revolution. Are, are they happy? Are they disgruntled? They've grown up with more freedom than their parents and their grandparents. And taking that away, I don't think, is a, is, is a way to, to cement your legacy.
5: Yeah, this is where the pessimism that I talked about earlier in terms of um, having children, this comes into play. Um, Because they can see it's not just the COVID ripping through China and the fastest viral outbreak in history, but it's also that economic downturn where people can't afford an apartment. If you can't afford an apartment, you're a male in China, you can't afford an apartment, it means you can't get married. Uh, And that has all sorts of implications. Plus also one of China's biggest problems that Xi Jinping didn't talk about in October at that monumental party congress is youth unemployment? We don't know exactly how many uh, people are unemployed or the percentage rate, but it's probably around 20% or so, which means that you've got a China right now with a generation that has a very dark mood.
1: God, it's crazy! It's crazy! I love having you on. Follow him. Uh, read his stuff. Gordon G. Chang. Uh, check him out on Twitter at Gordon G. Chang. Gordon, it's always it's great to talk to you and get the, the update of what's happening in China and, the, and you know, the chaos and who knows where we go from here. But uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks so much.
5: Thank you, Chad. I really, I really appreciate it.
1: Thanks. At Chad Benson Show Twitter, follow Gordon at Gordon G. Chang. Uh, it's crazy. And, and here's the thing. Do you think about 20 percent unemployment for the youth? They're the ones who are activists. They're the ones who are going to get out there. If if you're 72 and you're unemployed, well, if you're 55, you're pissed and angry. But if you're a bunch of 20-somethings sitting around and you got nothing going on, well, you can cause hell and you can cause change. And they've grown up with a certain amount of freedom that mom and dad started to enjoy, but remember the times before and grandma and grandpa never really had. Think about that. 323 538 23 Raycon, best earbuds around. You'll love your Raycons. Get your Raycons now. Get your Raycons now. Why? They're amazing. I wear mine every single day. Golfing, yeah, I'm playing a lot of golf. Pickleball, playing a ton of it. They don't fall out of my ears. Eight hours of talk time, 32 hours of battery life. The best earbuds I have ever worn. The sound quality, the amazing way they stay in my ears, and I can keep them in all day with my awareness mode, hear everything around me, and with my isolation mode when I need to, hyper-focus, and they never fall out. Put them to the test, absolutely. Cost, well under 100 bucks. about a third to a half of what other premium audio brands, they start under hundred bucks. I'm going to save you 15% right now. Go to buyraycon.com slash Chad to save. Buyraycon.com slash Chad. Buyraycon.com slash Chad. What's a trad wife? We'll talk about it straight ahead. Chad Benson Show.
0: Welcome to, Chad. Welcome to Chad. Chad. No, not the country. The institution. The Chad
4: Benson Show. A big morning for everything, everywhere, all at once. What's happening? The multiverse movie scoring a leading eleven nominations, including three acting nods, directing, and the big one, best picture, where it's up against nine other films. Netflix is all quiet on the Western front, the only streaming best picture nominee, and the Banshees of Inishshiran also with nine nods. What did you come here for? The rest of the best picture category includes blockbusters, Top Gun, Maverick, Avatar: The Way of Water, and Elvis. Tar, Women Talking, Triangle of Sadness, and Steven Spielberg's The Fablemans.
1: Oh, my lord. All of those movies that I've not seen. (laughs) All Quiet on the Western Front, I will see. Who are the snubs? Brad Pitt, Viola Davis, Tom Cruise? Well, you know, some movies got nominated. uh, Others didn't. Adam Sandler. I know people say, Adam Sandler? Yeah. Uh, obviously, Top Gun Maverick got, you know, got itself uh, best picture, but best director, best actor. Didn't get anything. Viola Davis, The Woman King, Adam Sandler, The Hustle, Black Panda, Wakanda, Forever. So there was some stuff that was uh, uh, left out. But I, I don't, you know, again, it goes back to it's a popularity contest for stuff. It's very popular. It is, I guess. I haven't seen any of these movies. I didn't I not want to tell you guys that, but I didn't, I haven't seen any of these. But I'll just let you guys know. I haven't seen any of them. I'm seeing Way of Water, The Fablemans. I'll watch them if they come on and I don't have to do too much. But I have a limited, I have a finite time with my family. And to spend time with them is more important. And you know, it's like all quiet on the Western Front is something I'd watch like if if it's a Saturday, my wife and the kids are doing something, that's something where it's long. <laughs> it's in a different language. I'll watch that because it looks amazing. But getting home at, you know, 730 at night or whatever, I get home and then going, I, I got to be to bed in 20 minutes and get up. It feels like to go to the, to the next day. It's insane. It's time. And I heard about everywhere all at once or whatever it is, all the time, sideways, everything. Guy at work saw this past weekend. He explained to me one of the episodes, one of one of the scenes, and I'm like, Meow hard pass." Three, two, three, five, three, eight, twenty-four, twenty-three. At Chad Benson Show, It's your Twitter, your Instagram. I thank Gordon for coming on the show. If you missed any of the interview with Gordon G. Chang, you can follow him on Twitter at Gordon G. Chang. I will tell you this right now: China isn't what a lot of people thought they were. More and more people, uh, and and, China, and Gordon has been saying this about China for a while. They're not what everybody says they are. Now you're getting more geopolitical experts are coming out saying they're not. And but it's the desperation that he talked about that should have us worried about. You know, if you're if you're sitting there and you're Xi Jinping and you look around, and you think I better figure out something to cement my power. That's the stuff we should worry about. And if they're them, they also have to worry about the fact that you've got 20% unemployment amongst the youth. That is not a win, kids. Chad Benson Show.
0: This is the Chad Benson Show.